Welcome to the Kilroy Williams Show. I'm Kilroy Williams, and today we're going to be talking about hope for restoration in America. Hope for restoration in America. And we do still have that hope. We have that hope to do that today. If we do our part and allow God to do his part. And this is our continuing uh, uh, series titles of the part of the Red Sea moment. And part of that Red Sea moment is hope for restoration in America. I'm going to start off by uh, what God says about nations that um, being disobedient to him. And uh, Israel did that a lot. And they paid pay the price for it. So uh, let's start off uh, this uh, with this uh, today is uh, Isaiah 1, chapter 7. And I'll read just a little bit about that. Listen, heavens, pay, listen, O heavens, pay attention, earth. This is what the Lord says. Children, I raised and cared and have, and the children have arised and cared for, have a, that I have arised and cared for, rebelled against me. Even an ox knows its owner, and the donkey recognized the master's care. But Israel doesn't know its master. My people don't recognize my care for them. That is what is going on, I believe, today in America. That's what is going on in America. We don't recognize who our Lord is. We don't recognize what he stands for the almighty God our Lord and Savior we've totally ignored him for generations and I think America is going to pay the price for it America doesn't even realize what they're in store for at least a lot of people don't seem to be awake they don't seem to be awake they don't seem to be realizing their surroundings of what is going on. Also, Isaiah 35 uh, says, um, even the wilderness and deserts will be glad in those days for the wasteland will rejoice in the bosom of the spring. Yes, there will be abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become green and the mountains will be laminate, as lovely as the Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display his glory and splendor of our God. That can happen. The Lord can, ha- can restore America. But we have a lot to do on our part. A lot to do on our part. Ezekiel 7 says, The end is near. Whatever you look, east, west, north, your land is finished. No hope remains. For I will unleash my anger against you. I will call you account for all of your disabled sins. I will turn my eyes away, show no pity. I will repay you for your despicable sins. That's 
what we're facing today. That's what's going on today. So you, the Lord will restore. There is hope for restoration for America, but if we allowed it, restoration for America is, is knocking on our door if we allow it. So the United States can have restoration if we do our part obeying God. The church must stop sitting and start standing. We're going to continue to, if, if that's the case, I mean, we're we just going to what? Continue to be silent? Or are we going to speak up? Fight against what this evil Satan's government is doing to the United States. The enemy loves to silence the church. He's trying to silence the church. That's his first mission. And if he silences the church, he can take our country. And that's what he's slowly starting to do. He sees the church as weak right now. He sees the church not standing up, not fighting, just going about their business things that are going on in this country ladies and gentlemen it's, it's just absolutely disgusting if you are asleep shame on you Satan has had child trafficking that's going on for centuries and the church did nothing wonder why you see children that have disappeared and missing or, or found dead you remember the years ago, you don't see it now today, but there was faces of children on mail cartons saying missing. This all goes back to child trafficking, satanic worship, killing children for the blood of their blood to Satan. God has had enough of this. He will judge the church for not doing anything about it. And the church has not done anything about it. Our country is in this shape because the church has turned a blind, excuse me, a blind eye. They've turned a blind eye for years, centuries. Did not want to get involved. It is the Red Sea moment is here. The Red Sea is about to close. God has given everyone an opportunity to repent. Are you going to repent, cross the Red Sea, or are you going to drown with Pharaoh? The wheels of the chariot has already been torn off Pharaoh's chariots right now. It's already been torn off, and the Bible says that's what happened when the Red Sea closed. It's happening right now. So the Lord will destroy the evil people of what they have done to his America. He will judge, punish the church for not doing its part. 
He will then restore America and return it to the way he intended it to be. His throne will be on the capital of the United States of America. Not these evil people who think they're in charge right now that are in that capital. They're in for a rude awakening. They know their time has come. That's why they are doing what they're doing, everything they can, because of desperation. There are so many blind Christians out there who have no idea what is about to come. They are ignorant. They are asleep. The Christians that are awake will be the ones that God blesses. They will be the ones that are going to be with God and get God's help to save America. That is a deep concern, my friends, a very deep concern. We must, we must fight, be the church that God wants us to be, be the leaders that God wants us to be, not us ignoring it every single day. You must stand up to evil. God wants you to fight. He does not want us to sit and be silent. He does not want us to sit and be on the sidelines. He just doesn't. And we must do our part. And we, as a church, have failed miserably. Have failed miserably. We should be ashamed. Ashamed. And for those of you... Christians, children of God that supported this evil government by voting them in shame on you God will hold you accountable you know what they stand for you know what they believe, you know what they're doing to this country, you know what they've done in the past and this has nothing to do with which party side they both are the same they all are in for it together they are all worship of Satan. They worship him for the evil things they do. That comes from the enemy. But the ones, Christians, that have supported that side that Satan has chosen to be on, again, they're both evil, but Satan is on that side more, and you voted for them, no full welling unless you are totally ignorant and blind, and that could be the case, Shame on you. They support killing children. They support every immoral thing that is against God's word. And yet you support them. God will hold you accountable. You better start repenting and ask for his forgiveness that you supported and voted them in. But let me again make it perfectly clear it has nothing to do with what side. It, this is totally good versus evil. And it's evil. The whole government is evil. And the church has done nothing. And that's why 
The enemy wants to continue to keep the church silent because if the church is silent, then the country is gone and he will take it over. But I don't believe the Lord is going to allow that. I believe that he is going to save America. I believe it's coming very soon in the next few months. I really believe it's coming. And people are going to be panicking, the ones that have been asleep and wondering what's going on. But the ones that have been awake of God's people, we need to do our part and be with the ones that have been asleep and help calm them down and show them the way, show them the true way of where the Lord is taking this country and why things have happened the way they have. It is going to be something that we've never seen in a lifetime. We are living in a moment that God has chosen us and we should be honored that he chose us to be the part of this lifetime to bring America back. This is like biblical stories. Like God is adding biblical chapters, biblical stories to his Bible. This is what we're going to see. Your children or grandchildren will talk about this generations to come, and they will say that my grandmother and grandfather, my parents were part of this restoration of America from the Lord. They fought. They defeated the devil and brought America back where the Lord wants America to be back, serving him, saving souls, spreading the word of God. That's what's going to happen. But only, only if the church wakes up and there's a, sl there's a window that's slowly closing and that if you remember, as I continue to say, this is like the Red Sea moment. We bring that back to Moses. When they crossed that Red Sea, it started to close. And when it closed, the, the enemy was swallowed up. They had faith to cross that. They had faith to serve the Lord and do what he said. And because of that, they were saved. And they were able to get, move on to the promised land. Pharaoh is coming for us again. We must fight and have faith. We must do something before that Red Sea closes. The children of God are going to be account, called accountable for big time for not doing their part. But there's time before the Red Sea closes. I encourage you to go to the Lord and do that now. I encourage you. But is the writing on the wall for America? I think it is. We see it. The ones that are awake, it is. The writing is on the wall. And I want to play a part, a, po a portion here, what Billy Graham said. This is back in 1973 of that, of, about that very thing. And it pertains to today. And it's very, very, very scary that you talked about it then and it's happening now. So I want you to listen to it. It's about 10 minutes. Just listen to what he said and compare what you see that's going on today. 
Now today, I want you to turn with me to the fifth chapter of the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel, the fifth chapter of the book of Daniel. I suppose more than any other book in the Bible, this book predicts the future, unless it's the book of Revelation. And when you read the book of Revelation, always read the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel in one hand, the book of Revelation in the other, and then in front of you, the daily newspaper, and they all tie in because Daniel is a book of prophecy. But the thing that I want to talk about Daniel today is an incident that happened in his life that I think bears on what we see happening today in our world. And in this chapter that we're turning to, I won't take time to read it to you. I'll tell it to you. It's the story of Daniel already in Babylon. He'd been carried to Babylon from Jerusalem. Jerusalem had come under the judgment of God as Jeremiah had predicted. All the judgments that Jeremiah predicted, all the judgments that the prophets predicted have all come true or they're yet to come true. This is God's Word. It is an infallible Word. And in many places in the Scripture, the Bible predicts that future day of judgment and that future period of judgment that is to come upon the world. Well, Jerusalem had been judged as Jeremiah had predicted. He said, unless Jerusalem repents of their sins, they will be judged. And judgment came. And among those that were carried captive away by Nebuchadnezzar to Babylon, 1,500 miles away, was young Daniel and his friends. They were just in their teens. And they were carried over to Babylon. And Daniel had been one of the young men that had been chosen especially by Nebuchadnezzar to be taken to Babylon and trained in his court and trained in all the arts and sciences of the Babylonians. Now, when this chapter opens, Nebuchadnezzar is dead. Daniel had been a friend and a prophet and a prime minister for Nebuchadnezzar, the great king. But now he's in more or less been forgotten because a young man is now on the throne by the name of Belshazzar, who was the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, the great king. Now, Babylon at that time was the greatest empire in the world. It was the most powerful nation in the world. It was the richest nation in the world. And the Bible pictures Belshazzar, the king, as young, rich, powerful, but at the same time egotistical, self-centered, and the Bible teaches that God hates pride. And Jesus was to say years later in Matthew 23, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. If you try to tell how great you are and leave God out, or if you act as though you can solve your own problems and arrange your own life without the help of God, God says, I'm going to bring you down. And then he was a man that was very carefree. He was a playboy. He loved ease and he loved pleasure. And the Bible says, woe to them that are at ease. We in America are at ease in comparison to the rest of the world. And so Belshazzar had just won some military victories. And his father, who was a great general, was out on the frontiers leading them from victory to victory. And so he decided that he wanted to celebrate. And he decided to have a great feast. 
and it would be the greatest feast that Babylon had ever seen. Babylon with all of its glamour, Babylon with all of its wealth, Babylon with all that it had, he said, we'll have the greatest feast in the history of the world. So he ordered the finest dances, the finest wines, the best foods, and he sent an invitation to a thousand of his lords and ladies throughout the empire to come, and in their jewel chariots they came. And that evening, as they were feasting and dancing and whining in the low-hanging gardens that Nebuchadnezzar had built for his Midian wife, one of the seven wonders of the world, Belshazzar became intoxicated. There he was, king of an empire, master of a banquet, the center of all attention, dancing the night away. But the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Belshazzar, watch out. Judgment is coming. You're going too far. There's a point beyond which the patience of God will not go. There's a line drawn among nations and among individuals and in families and in communities. Job said, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. Keep on plowing your iniquity. Keep on sowing your wickedness. You're going to someday reap it. Hosea said, for they have sown to the wind and they shall reap a whirlwind. Jeremiah said, they've sown wheat, but they shall reap thorns. And so in the middle of this banquet, Belshazzar's dancing with a beautiful, sexy young girl. And all of a sudden, everyone is quiet. You can hear a pin drop. His face turns white. The Bible says he begins to tremble because over on the wall, an armless hand starts writing. And everyone sat there trembling, wondering what this was, what strange thing this was. And Belshazzar tried to read it. He couldn't read the message. So he said, let's call the astrologers and the soothsayers and the Chaldeans. Let's call the magicians. Let's call all the people that can read this type of thing. And they came in. They couldn't read it. Belshazzar was even more afraid. The writing was getting lighter all the time and more brilliant. People were frightened. And his mother heard about it. And his mother, incidentally, was not at the party. But she came in. And she said, son, what is this I hear about a strange writing? And he pointed over to the wall. She said, I know a man that can read that writing. His name is Daniel. He's a great prophet. He helped your grandfather interpret dreams. He was prime minister under your grandfather. He's been living in sort of semi-retirement. Perhaps you don't know him. Daniel was not at the party. But they sent for him. And he came in, and Belshazzar said, Daniel, you see that writing? If you'll read that writing, I'll make you the third ruler in the empire. I'll put a gold chain of authority around your neck, and I'll put royal robes on you, and you'll be a member of the royal family next to me. 
Daniel looked at the writing and he recognized it immediately. That was his father's handwriting. That was God the Father's handwriting. And he had studied God and lived with God all these years and he knew that that was God's writing. He said, Belshazzar, I can read the writing, but keep your gifts. I don't want them. Give your gifts to somebody else. You see, Belshazzar, O king, you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven, and they have brought the vessels of God's holy house before thee, and you and your lords and your wives and your concubines have drunk wine in them, and God is offended. And thou hast praised the gods of gold and silver and brass and iron and wood and stone that see not and hear not and know not. And the God in whose hand thy breath is and whose are all thy ways thou hast not glorified. Yes, Belshazzar, I'll read it. God had given Belshazzar everything he had, even the ability to laugh. His food, his drink, his power, his riches, everything had come from God, but he hadn't thanked the Lord for it. Daniel said, all right, here's the writing. Meany, meany, tekel, you parson. This is the interpretation. Meany, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Belshazzar, you're finished. Your last day has been spent on this earth. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances of God and found wanting. Perish, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. And while they were in the banquet unknown, unknown to the Babylonians, the great Euphrates River was being changed in its course and the Medo-Persian army slipped under on the dry riverbed. And that night, Babylon fell to the Medes and the Persians. Belshazzar was killed. Daniel remained and became prime minister in the next empire. Both empires respected him for his wisdom and his faith and his purpose and his godliness. Is God writing on the wall of America tonight? I think he is. That was Billy Graham back in 1973. That's exactly what's going on today. The arrogance of this, this country. The way people think they just don't need God and they just praise themselves. That's what's in charge of this, uh, the United States today. Look at the government today. Look at that. The sinful filth that has taken over this country. God will hold America accountable for. It is the Red Sea moment. But his children that are doing their part, his children will be protected. God is not going to destroy America what he what America is supposed to stand for the way he intended to be he's going to destroy the evil in America he is going to bring America back that is what the Lord is going to do I believe that 
but we must stand firm and fight. We must speak up. We must do what the Lord wants us to do. And if you're questioning that, wondering what you need to do, you need to pray to the Lord and ask Him. I think it's very, very common sense. Stand up, show everyone, speak out about the Lord. The ones that are blind, open their eyes by speaking what God wants you to tell them. Do not remain silent the way the church has been and just accept it this is just the way it is and hope that God will do something he's going to do something and it's going to be amazing the writing is on the wall the evil America is finished it is over God is laughing at who is in charge of this country, who they think is in charge of this country. He is literally laughing. And we should be too, knowing that the Almighty God is going to rescue this country. Praise His name. Praise His name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But in the days to come, We are going to see things like we've never seen before. And it it, it will be uncomfortable. It will be painful. But we must have peace and trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. And know that he's going to take care of us. The first thing he's going to do is wipe out the enemy. Wipe out the enemy and restore his throne on the capital of the United States of America. Then I think he's going to judge the church for them not doing anything of all these evil things that are going on. And I just mentioned a few, and that was really, really disturbing. It's very disturbing. But there's so much more, and I'm sure there's so much more we're not even aware of. But God will reveal it. He will expose it. He will expose the evil. We must continue to pray for this country and ask God how he wants us to do our part. Whatever it may be. It could be something so simple, so small. It could be something bigger. But we all have a part in it. So for the ones of the church, the sleeping, sleeping church I think if we had a chart and somehow we could figure it out you would be amazed what part of the church would show that is asleep and that is why our country is in danger if we allow it to go on this way as I said before the Red Sea is closing are you going to choose have faith cross over get uncomfortable or are you going to drown with Pharaoh and be judged for not doing anything we must stand firm 
every day pray to the Lord and ask Him how we can do our part. It is such a concern of what is going on in this country. We all should be ashamed that we allowed this. And it is the church's fault. The enemy knows it. He's embracing it. Why do you think he wants to keep quiet? Why do you think he used the epidemic to keep the church quiet, to keep people from going in and worshiping? And what did the church do? They just bowed down and allowed it and just continued to do it. There were some churches that didn't. Yes, they were prosecuted by the enemy, but the Lord rescued them, and the Lord will pay back judgment for the people that prosecuted this church for, stand, for wanting to stay open. Their time is coming, and it will be a harsh punishment. There will be judgment. Pray for God to bring judgment, that we will see it. It will strengthen our faith. All we can do right now is pray. The writing is on the wall. America has been arrogant. The church has been arrogant for allowing this. So we must pray. We must stand up. The window the time framing of the Red Sea is so close to closing. And when it closes, you're going to see the evil be destroyed. Restoration for America will return. And I believe that with all my heart, mind, and soul. Hope for restoration for America is here. But it's your choice if you want to be a part of it. It's your choice of what you want to do about it. So I encourage you this week to repent, to fight, to stand up, to awake the sleep. Because if the church is asleep, it is the end of our country. God bless you all, and God bless America. Let's continue to fight, and we will have victory in the name of Jesus by his holy blood. The battle belongs to God. God bless you all. Lay